Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Adam Carl. It's Matt, the moderator. DeAndrea. Hello. Over there. Hopefully, we'll talk to uh, Craig Jackson, CEO of Barrett Jackson. It's funny, these guys are becoming celebrities, these car guys, these auction guys. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Craig uh, sooner than later. Yeah. I screwed up a little. We had him booked for a little earlier. I ran a little late. And uh, we'll see if we can grab him on a cell phone. So uh, we'll keep you posted on that. Many things to talk about in the automotive world. Mm-hmm. First, uh, quickie for uh, Zycoat. CarCast brought to you by Zybar for better engine performance, horsepower, fuel economy, lower underhood temperatures. Zybar is the ultra-thin, high-temperature coating that reduces radiant heat by 90%. Put Zybar on, take the heat off. Learn more at Zycoat, S, sorry, Z-Y. Z is in zebra, zycoat.com. Really interesting product, really strong product. Okay, so we'll see uh, uh, when we can get Craig on the cell. Hopefully we can. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to Scottsdale Auction Week. I, I just kind of go toward the end. Uh, you know, Barrett Jackson is there pretty much the whole, you know, for like a week and maybe more than a week. It feels like it's like a week and a half. You yeah, know? these things, uh, it's so funny because um, these auctions, some of them, like uh, Kissimmee or Kissimmee or wherever the Florida one is, the Mecham one is, you see, you go, oh, they're uh, auctioning off, I think, one of five Ford GT40 Roadsters that were made. The other four were made for the street. They made one racing Roadster. It raced at Le Mans. I don't think it finished. There's probably one of those like gearbox problem ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but then a lot of the scuttlebutt was, well, the one that came in third, you know, got 11 million bucks. And this is the only one that uh, was the roadster that is run. And this thing's going to whatever. And you look at the auction, you go, oh, I want to see when the, how much that car goes off for. It's from the third to the 13th. Like it's <laughs> yeah. a big, it's a big auction. It's yeah. a big window and a big auction. And Craig Jackson is on line four. Sorry right. for the wait, Craig. Crazy schedule today. All right. Hello. 
the Scottsdale auction. We're very well. And I, I got to tell you, it's uh, it's the 12th through the 20th, Westworld of Scottsdale. 37 hours of live coverage being televised on Motor Trend and Discovery. And 1,800 cars. It's bigger than ever. Have you ever done 1,800 cars? 1,800 plus at no reserve. Wow. There's wow. Two cars in the auction with reserves, and uh, it's going to be an unbelievable show, a different mix of cars this year. And uh, I think that's what's exciting. You're seeing another generational shift. I got to say, in terms of the show, um, I am basically like a cat staring at an aquarium. <laughs> I, I, here's my problem I don't care about Ford. F one hundred step sides from the sixties, but I still have to see what it hammers yeah. for. And even if it hammers for twelve thousand dollars, it doesn't matter. I must see what it hammered for before I go on to the next there's vehicle. Just, there's something about your 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 TV coverage of this event. It's like clockwork orange for me. I sit there with my eyes glued taped open the whole time. Just feeding eye drops well, in. It's Motor Trend's <laughs> number one show, so it uh, it pulls the ratings. Yeah, it, it is. It's their, 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 it's it's hypnotic, and in a way, I think what it does is like whenever radio shows do like a thing, they go like, um, "What year did America enter World War II? Was it 1941, 1942, or 1943? We'll tell you when we come back, yeah. and you just sit in your car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just want to know what every car sells for. Yeah. Yeah, there's something well, about the true sort of... barometer, especially this year with this many cars at no reserve. You know, they're they're really selling. It's real sales, so we'll know what the market dictates and the trends in the market. And how do you feel about the market right now? Well, looking at the way the bidders are coming in, I feel very good. I mean, okay. a lot of times when the stock market starts crashing, you wonder what does that mean? Not crashing, but taking these big corrections. But the economy's super strong. So I think a lot of people, and I watch a lot of the uh, financial channels, are saying, eh, get back off equities in 2019. They're volatile and go into long term plays, which are assets and bonds. Mm hmm. Do cars are assets we can go play with. Yeah. You do some uh, vintage Trans Am racing, right? Yes. You I do. Have, do you have. Let's see. I I, I want to say you have the Challenger, right? I'm a, I was going to say uh, a Mustang the and a Challenger. Gurney's oh, Cuda is retirement car, and I have uh, one of the uh, Javelins. That's oh right. yes, right. I knew there's something funky. Yeah. In the, I knew it wasn't a Ford or I knew it wasn't a Camaro or a Mustang. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I drive orphan cars. <laughs> those are such cool pieces, though, and I think as time wears on. Their funkier, little more off the beaten path stuff becomes more desirable, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Is uh, across the board, you're seeing cars that you know the that are off the beaten path becoming more collectible across the board. We've noticed the race car segment going up quite a bit over the last few years in terms of their value. I'm, I'm sure when you bought those two cars, what years did you buy the Javelin and uh, Gurney's? Uh, sorry, well, the Javelin Cuda, was sorry. my brother's car, so I bought it when he passed in 95. The Gurney car, I think I bought in 2003. 
And I'll and I bought it from the gentleman that restored it. And I'll bet you didn't pay too much for it back then, right? Mm, I paid a, enough, uh, <laughs> but in hindsight, it was a bargain nowadays. At the time, I paid full retail for it, but have it, buying the car that Dan Gurney retired in, built, and it was his last race car, and then taking it to Dan Gurney's race shop while he was still with us, and sitting with Dan where the car was built, telling us the whole story about the car was priceless. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm, it felt like it was expensive at the time because you, you know, you paid top dollar for it. But now we, you know, we jump 15 years ahead and you're like, it's worth so much more. It was what a great buy now, right? <laughs> it was just a great exactly. car to invest in. Well, also, yes, everyone always pays. Look, you look at a menu from the 30s and you go surf and turf six dollars but it's like that's what yeah that was what people paid back then what are you gonna say it wasn't as good back then (laughs) well you paid the top of the market but what you didn't i think and you didn't buy that car to flip it but what i'm saying is is i think in the past you bought a car like that because you wanted that car. You probably didn't have a ton of faith that it would go up as much as it's gone up in the last 15 years. Is that a fair statement? That's a fair statement. I mean, the vintage race cars, that's a fickle market. You got to want to go out and buy one to go use it. And I've had several guys, very prominent guys, trying to buy the car from me because it's a true piece of American history. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I view the car. And I'm I'm just a ter- caretaker of it, like you are of the Newman cars. You know, we're not going to own them forever. We're going to own them as long as we're around. And I, I treasure these cars and take care of them. What are the two? You say there are only two cars that are going up with a reserve. Is that correct? That's correct. One's a 2014 Mercedes G63 6x6. Oh, wow. And the other's 2005 Porsche Carrera GT. How did these two end up the only ones with the reserve? They're both owned by Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, because Floyd Mayweather's got a reserve. (laughs) Um... You know, it's a little bit of haggling. Uh, Customers that have got a lot of other cars in, and these were two that their expectations are like, eh, it's right on the edge. But, you know, in the no reserve pile, you look at 2012 Lexus LFA Nuremberg Edition, uh, 05 Celine Twin Turbo. I mean, the amount of uh, sports cars, modern supercars is pretty phenomenal at this year's event. Yeah, so, that seems to be a uh, we we've seen that over the course of the of the last year, uh, uh, maybe a little longer than that. How sort of some of the modern supercars are really getting attention and pulling big money. Like you have that the Nurburgring uh, LFA up there, that could be a million dollar car. I'm not. It sure. could be one of fifty. Yeah, it's got every option, all the carbon on it. You know, uh, and ironically, this year for charity, we're selling the first Supra. For Toyota, VIN number one. Right, the so, new 2020 uh, Super. First new one. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is interesting because uh, uh, the the previous Super Turbo, a low-mile one, just broke like a record and sold for $120,000, $121,000. Things are going up fast, <laughs> thank fast and furious. <laughs> right? Um, yep. So what is the mindset of a guy who says – because, you know, I think in the past the conceit was – well, I have a Carmen Ghia. They're either 
they're between twelve and fifteen grand, and uh, no reserve, no problemo. But uh, something that could be between seven fifty and a million to go no reserve, yeah, that's a new thing or a newish thing. Who is that fella that's selling that car, and what is he thinking? Uh, I think he's listening to us that when you put the cars up at no reserve, look, we were a lot pickier this year. Last year, we had like 37 reserve cars and a lot of pre-war cars. And we just looked at the market and uh, look at the desirability of cars. And when you sell no reserve, and our cars are truly no reserve, we do not let the owners bid on their own cars. We are very tough on that. The market, The market will... It will bring the right price. The amount of advertising he gave us the car several months ago to start promoting it. But, you know, we just had a car consigned today, a 2011 GT2, Porsche GT2 RS. Sure. Uh, those yeah. are super rare. <clears throat> right. And guy was in the office a month ago. He's like, eh, I don't know. I'm like, well, we're sold out. We had one car fall out and boom, it's in. So, that's that's an actually uh, an interesting question, though, because you have 1,800 cars, or you said more than 1,800, no reserve cars. This is the biggest yeah. year yet. How many cars get submitted to you? Is it Do you get close to 1,800 or, or, or a little or is it like wildly uh, we more? We turned away 700 that we're putting some of those into Vegas, and there's different reasons. Because it's no reserve doesn't mean we take every car. It's right. the same as if we were doing a car with a reserve. You and I have to have the same meeting in the mind what we think the car is worth. We do our our market analysis. We call you back. We tell you, here's what we think the car is after we vetted the car. Is it what you think it is? Here's the market comps. Here's, you know, we look at the trajectory of whether those cars are on the up or on the downside. And we tell you what we think it's going to bring. At that point, it's your decision. Now, yeah. If you think cars were two hundred, we tell you it's worth a hundred. We tell you you're probably not going to be happy. So we should not sell that car uh, in our format. Other cars we don't take is condition, titles, um, whether we have too many of a certain type, whether we feel like that certain segment of the market everybody's just uh, wanting to sell all of a sudden, and there's. There's a lot of different things. Uh, their anticipation, their what they think the car is and what we think it is after we really look at the pictures. Only it's hard to tell someone their baby's not as pretty as you think it is. Sure. Right. You got it. I mean, we can over here. It's fine. What? Uh, <laughs> literally, their children. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like your car is fine, but your kids are exactly. terrible. <laughs> uh, so, Craig, uh, last question. And again, we'll be watching 12th through the uh, 20th January. I. I I my TV just records it. I grab it. It'll be like seventeen hours of Barrett Jackson. I'll go. Here we go. I grow a beard, yeah. <laughs> put on twenty pounds. Don't I forget just our Discovery there. hours on Saturday. Set your DVR for Discovery, and now it's Motor Trend. So yeah, you got to uh, do a little channel, of the though. switching of channels around. You got to follow it. What? Um, so uh, for you, why don't you give our listeners a couple of tips on a couple of cars that you think maybe affordable or maybe even pricey cars that are sort of on the move from a collector car, investment car standpoint, racing, street, or what have you? Uh, cars, I think, are on the move. Uh, cars of the 90s, uh, cars 
Japanese cars, uh, especially rarer ones, uh, 240Zs, things like that. I don't know if you saw what happened in Vegas. We sold that uh, Acura Integra R for $63,900. That was amazing. (laughs) What was more amazing is the 1.9 million views it got on Facebook. Well, and it went worldwide. We're getting comments in multiple languages around the planet. It is crazy. Accord with the millennials. If you look at uh, like Jay Leno's garage, and he'll have a Lamborghini Countach on there, and as as a car that he's highlighting, and it gets like three hundred and twenty one thousand downloads, and then yeah. he has a Datsun five ten, and it gets one point seven million. Yeah, and it's crazy. Exactly. One is yep. so exotic, but the other is so it, worldwide. It, it, you're, you're right. It's it's a weird statistic on underestimating the niche. Mm-hmm. You're like everybody had, you know, knows the Countach for the most part, you know, and uh, not many people know the 510. But the people that know it are so loyal to hear about it and and want to know more and see it on on you know come across or maybe the auction they block just or garage maybe or it's a situation of that's within their means. They could get a 510. Yeah. They could hot rod it. So uh, an Integra, it's a front wheel. That must be a record for a front wheel drive yeah. car, right? Well, did it have like one mile on it, seven miles on it? It seems no, but it was pretty low mileage. But yeah. uh, the guy that bought it, it actually went to a Acura dealer. Probably going to put it on his showroom yeah. as a draw. Um, so those cars are on the rise, and you know, I think a lot of the contemporary cars that we're building nowadays that are rare limited production are going to be long-term holds this golden era isn't going to last forever right and, so uh, the the four know, gts and of, that kind of stuff the gt mm-hmm. the gt the the shelby's i'll probably buy one of these new shelby's we're selling vin number one of the next generation gt 500 on yeah. friday and on saturday selling the vin number one heritage edition uh of the for GT. And so, like limited it, edition Porsche stuff in terms of buy it and yeah, keep it I kind of stuff. A, a yeah. GT2 RS for myself and uh, not putting it away. I'm actually driving it. So. Yeah. <laughs> As you should. I was going to ask you sort of like, is, should. was what's new in your, in your personal collection? I know you've got an amazing garage over at the house and, and, and uh, uh, you always seem to add a little something every now and then in there. And, and I know you like to kind of, you know, do some do some work on the cars yourself as well. Yeah, I bought a building for myself separate from Barrett Jackson that I I store my cars and I built my own shop. And then for Barrett Jackson, we're moving in after this auction to a new headquarters. And in that new headquarters, we have added a whole new shop and studio that we're going to be educating and showing people, you know, how to work on these cars. And uh-huh. Not reality TV, but actually educate people about stuff. So. The, the future is very bright, and I'm excited about it. And uh, well, we'll be uh, we'll be watching as we always do. The website Barrett-Jackson.com. Matt will be there in person, so definitely comp him out with some free drinks. <laughs> May loosen up his bitters paddle <laughs> a little bit. Craig, sorry for the uh, delay. Uh, always great to talk to you, and look forward to seeing you next time you're in LA. I'll come by and see you guys. Uh, 
You know, it's been a heck of a year this year uh, doing the auctions and then building this new building and uh, at the same time trying to go play with my car. So uh, next year after we're in this new facility, I'll come play in L.A. with my cars more. Please. Congratulations on your Ford GT. I I remember you talking about it before ordering it and going through the whole process. So that's uh, I got a chance to drive one of them. I got that here last year. I got my Demon. I got them both on the same day. It was like (laughs) Christmas. My wife's like, you treat yourself very nice. Then she came home the other day and saw the... The GT2 RS in the garage goes, is that new? No, it's been <laughs> no. here for a while. No, it's been here that. for months. <laughs> the GT2 and the Demon, really the yeah. same car anyway. Uh, and a quick plug for uh, for Carolyn's uh, uh, charity. She's working on a big project, right? The Driven Hearts, am I getting that right? Yeah, it concluded, but uh, we're still raising money for the American Heart Association. Uh, it was a spectacular year. Got to thank our customers. One of the best heart balls ever, I think. And... Uh, but then uh, when we sell the the uh, Toyota, half of that is going to uh, military charity. We're going to have a Congressional Medal of Honor winner up on the stage when we sell that. The other half is going to the American Heart Association. So we're still at it. Uh, mm-hmm. She cares very much about that charity because it's touched so many of us. Uh, the uh, Supra. Conditions. And those things have just been – the charity car has just been knocking it out of the park. Oh, yeah. I mean, those things are going Oh, another bananas. one we have. I know we got to go, but we're selling all four of the bumblebees from General Motors that were actually used in all of the movies. So that's one lot for charity also. Wow. Yeah. It's going to be a heck of a year for charity cars. 13 different lots, but that one lot's four cars in itself. We shall so, be watching. Be amazing year. <clears throat> Thanks, Craig Jackson. Appreciate all the good work you're doing, and uh, look forward to seeing you on TV and uh, Matt will see you in person. Yeah, I'll see you out there. All hey. right, see you, Matt. Thanks, Thanks guys. Adam, you got to come out here one of these days. See it in person. There's nothing like it. I shall. Thanks for the uh, invite, Craig Jackson. Everyone, uh, Scottsdale coming up on the twelfth. Uh, uh, let's see. We got Tommy John here. You got your. What do you got, a Genesis? I'm driving a Genesis. Yeah, the G70. Looks nice. I saw it out there parked in uh, my parking lot over there. Yeah, you like that diamond stitch interior all Oh, over? you know, Heated I didn't, and cooled seats. I didn't and poke my head in it's there. It's got all the goodies. You know, What's we, that thing retail for? So th- that one's all fully loaded with the big engine and everything. It's 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 just under 50 grand. Mm-hmm. Um, uh you know, we talked about it earlier this week on the show with Goldberg, but now that I got a little more seat time in it, I'm liking it even more and more. Like, it, it, first of all, this one is fast. It's got a tur- mm-hmm. twin turbo, uh, three point three liter V six. Mm-hmm. It's like three hundred sixty five horsepower, and mm. you can get a smaller engine, but this one has the big engine, and and uh, it scoots around. I mean, it scoots around pretty good, um, and I'm liking it. I'm, I'm liking. I mentioned this on the other show as well. The quality of materials used in the car are impressive. You spend all this time on the interior, and you get not just not just the normal plastic stuff, the right amount of aluminum in there, and the nice diamond stitch leather, and the nice feedback and tension on the AC vents, and a nice little click on some of the buttons. And it's like, it's really not bad at all. Like, it's a pretty impressive car. I mean, I don't know if you're going to spend 50 grand on it, but, you know, in a year from now, when it's got 7,500 miles on it, you can get it for 39.5. You know, it's it's a great car. Let's make a guess. <clears throat> let's let's tease this. Um, Craig Jackson's Dan Gurney prepped All American Racer, I guess it'd be. Um, <clears throat> now I wanted. Oh, it was a Cuda. Yeah, a Cuda. <clears throat> probably Hemi Cuda. 
I'm guessing, Trans Am race car. Mm-hmm. Last car he drove, I guess. I guess maybe the Trans Am series was the last time he raced car. I don't think it was a championship car, but it's got crazy history. And I know he was competitive, but I don't know if he won the championship in it. <clears throat> Shall we try to guess what that car would hammer for if you took it to Pebble Beach and you put it up at Gooding or Ari? Yeah, that's... Write it down. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> I'll tell you about Tommy John. All right. Because now that Gurney's passed, it might make a difference. But on the other hand, when Shelby passed, it didn't really make a difference. Yeah. Maybe he put out too much product. Tommy John. <clears throat> Time of the year to drop those bad habits. Drop your old underwear. Go ahead. Do it. I'm watching. 2019. Let's get started with Tommy John. The most comfortable men's and women's underwear on the planet. Keeps you neat and nestled in all the right places. Soft contour pouch. Comfortable stay put waistbands. Soft moisture wicking fabrics. Time saving quick draw fly. Perfect solution for the guy who's constantly adjusting. Plus, life-changing women's underwear as well. Loungewear for men and uh, women. And uh, first ever, stay-tucked dress shirts for men. All of it is the best. I'm wearing it now. It's Tommy John. Tommy John, they got a no-wedgie guarantee. Best pair you'll ever wear. Or it's free guarantee, right, Matt? Yeah, hurry, hurry to TommyJohn.com slash CarCast right now for 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash CarCast for 20% off, only at TommyJohn.com. Again, TommyJohn.com. All right, so Craig wouldn't sell that car. It's a 1970 Plymouth Barracuda. It's all-American racer. Yeah. Dan Gurney's last ride. I'm I'm kind of confused by that. I I feel like he went on and did things past 1970, but maybe he didn't. It was yeah, it was raced by Dan Gurney at Kent Washington and Riverside and Gurney announced his retirement at the Riverside race. He did not win a championship in that car. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, the car's returned to Chrysler and then was raced in Europe after that, but Okay. After that. Interesting. It, it's it's tough without knowing the whole story, and these cars are really all about the story. And Trans Am cars are weird because they can be a buck twenty five, a buck fifty, like a hundred grand, like on the sort of cheaper end. And then there's the school bus yellow Ford Mustangs with the um, Fuller, uh, whatever his name is. Um, I'll figure out the name. I did all those uh, full Fulmer. 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 Former Fulmer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, guys like that drove a lot of those cars and won, you know, championship cars and all that kind of stuff. And I, for me, I, I think it's I think it's kind of tough, but I think the car is pretty special. I think I think Dan Gurney brings a little bit more to the table uh with his racing pedigree and I think uh, Craig Jackson's ownership and his vintage racing of it uh, certainly helps the car. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I don't know. I, I don't think, I mean, I guess there's like, what would it go for and what would Craig let it go for? I know. Well, I keep thinking about <laughs> yeah. that, but I'm thinking, I feel like it's a seven focus. figure car. I think it's a million dollar car. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking, what would it go for? Yeah. And uh, I had one too, and then I downed it to seven fifty, just because that because it's not a championship car, it's not a Ford. Those, yeah, but none of those cars have really 
broken out, not publicly, right? I mean, there hasn't been a lot. There's been a few that have changed hands, but there's been a kind of a thing where, like, this was the backup car for the 1970 season. Yeah. It never was finished, but it's still got the VIN number on it. It's been, like, a lot of those. It's not the car, you know, yeah. like the championship car from Yeah, I, I agree. I just, I just don't see it as a half-million-dollar car. To me, no. I'm sticking with about a, about a one-million-dollar car. Okay. I wrote 750 to one on my piece of paper, so yeah. we're in the same ballpark. Yeah. Um, with the VIG or without the VIG? <laughs> who, uh, who am I trying to think of? Uh, who won the championship in 1969-70? I know there were the Mustangs. I know there were the school bus yellow cars, which are actually orange. They look really cool. And I can't think of the big name that I'm spacing on right now because I'm on uh, pain medication. All right, what are we doing in 2019? Um, that's a good question. What are we doing other than Monterey? I don't know if we're heading back to uh, to uh, to any of the Goodwood events this year, but I think the event that's like basically going on right now is the members meeting, mm-hmm. which I, I guess is already growing to be a pretty significant event. And then we have the Hill Climb and the Festival of Speed, which would be pretty interesting. So the question out there still for, you know, we've been talking off the air is, uh, there's sort of two things. One, at Monterey, the featured mark this year is not a mark. It is IMSA. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, what do you think to bring in race? And then sort of on that same notion is uh, Long Beach Grand Prix coming up in April. Mm-hmm. They always do a vintage race out there that weekend as well. And it, it's not always the same. I went a couple of years ago. There was like all the Can-Am cars, which was cool. Then there was a uh, uh, Trans Am cars. I think I think they're doing Trans Am this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like eighties, nineties Trans Am. Are you gonna uh, drive? Are you gonna race in that event? I don't know. I'm trying April. to figure it out. George Fulmer, but who's the guy I'm looking for? Max Pads, drive me nuts. When you who say who won the fucking championship in Trans Am in 1969-1970? When you say the the Trans Am and Mustangs, I think of Parnelli Jones and yeah, uh, Parnelli and, and, and uh, was driver. There's another there's another name in there. 1969. Well, tell me who won the Trans championship. Am championship. All you have to do is tell us who won the championship. Yeah. Then we'll, um, we'll know. All right, he's gonna look yeah. that up. I'll you tell you never, guys it's about not, uh, not findable on the computer. I'll tell you about Geico. Come while on, he's looking it up. The, the, all these races and everything, they're not laid out simply. Like, like you know, you know if you type in, type in, well, they're horrible, but yeah. who won the 1970 Trans Am championship season or points leader for Trans Am 1970? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, all right. Oh, oh, God, oh shit, I just had his name. Yeah, there was a Parnelli Jones. There's a George yeah, Farmer. Parnelli Jones. Burt Everett? Is that no. familiar? No, what do you got? keep going. All right. Listen, everybody's got a Who's to-do a list. team owner? Penske? No. <laughs> up there. You'll know in a second. Uh, you drop off dry cleaning, you pick up some milk, and now you can add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. You don't have to pick up or drop off anything. Just go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to-do you can do today. Check out Geico.com. All right. I'm going to name these names here. Oh, you, you mentioned Parnelli Jones and George Fulmer. We mm-hmm. also have Peter Gregg. Mark Donahue. Oh, Mark Donahue. Okay. Were, but still, what were the names? Who built Donahue? Is one of the guys. But who he built was those? Who built those Mustangs? Who was the 
probably Don. He probably Mark Don. He is probably the name I'm I'm thinking of. But I'm trying to think of the builder of those uh, Mustangs, the uh, school bus yellow ones that won in like '69 and '70. Yeah, I, I'm but Donahue is probably the guy I'm thinking of. All right. Uh, so yeah, maybe a Trans Am race at uh, Long Beach. Um, God knows. Oh, yeah. When I talk to Skip Barber, talking about getting up to Lime Rock and doing a professional Trans Am race. Oh yeah. In May or whenever my birthday is, or whenever Labor Day, or <laughs> well, let's back that out. When do you think your birthday is? <laughs> well, somewhere near the end of May. <laughs> but I don't think I'm a Taurus. It's not that late. And then there is, uh, and I think that we figured out that's Labor Day or Memorial Day. Memorial Day. I know it's Labor Day. No, it's Memorial Day. I think my May twenty seventh is your birthday. Yeah. Found it on the computer. I had it on my phone here. And then also, um, <laughs> we can. And, and then when is Labor Day? Is that uh, then or is that Memorial Day? I, I, I never Memorial get them. Day. I never get them right. I know, but it's not your birthday weekend. I should no, know. You should know. Either way, Bud Moore. Yeah, Bud Moore built the cars. That's there. Yeah. You go. Thank yeah. you, Max Pat. And Ford. I I don't recall the exact driver, but Ford won the championship in manufacturers championship in Trans Am. Did. 70, 1970. They did Trans Am for like only like two or three seasons, right? Did Ford just like 69, 70, 71? Did Ford just win all three years? There were some other cars that were competitive and some like had some points or whatever, but I don't, I don't think they ultimately won the championships for the three years, maybe four well, years. 69. Uh, Chevy won in the in that class in the in the over two liter Chevy Ford Pontiac American Motors. So sixty nine Chevy won. Oh, that like the Sunoco, um, Camaro or something. And then uh, seventy seven. Then it was Ford. Sixty eight was Chevy. Let me, oh, let me oh, go the other direction. 69, so uh, seventy. Did it start Ford. in sixty eight? In 71, American Motors. Wow. And then Ford and then Chevy. Oh, so Ford wasn't dominant. They just Ford sort of traded off. That's why the 70 Ford is, is the money car because that's the year of their, their, their championship. I don't know how far. The 2.5 Trans Am only lasted maybe two years then maybe with Horse Quack and the Alphas and um, <clears throat> our friend John Morton driving the 510. It was 67 Ford won. So 67 oh, so they won, they won and at 70. the beginning and at the end, or close to the end and What's close zero, to the beginning. Zero. Oh, 60, I want to say 66 was the first season. Makes sense. And that was a Ford. Oh, all right. Well, they did a little more winning. Yeah. And the 2.5 Trans Am didn't run that long. Like, I think it joined and then sloughed off. Sloughed right. Off. It wasn't in 66. And I don't think it was in. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. you can look. We got a uh, email question, Max Pata? Sure do. And if anybody wants to write into the show, just go to carcastshow.com. Click the contact page. This is John. He's writing in from Tasmania, Australia. Mm. Hmm. Good day, Adam and Matt. You are right when you guys talk about how a white car with a red interior looks awesome, how good some paint schemes look, like that camel car you have, Adam. It screams yeah. the 70s. 
Well, I have a new house with a big garage and a small workshop. It's for working on my Aussie hardtop Falcon. Think a Mad Max car. Mm-hmm. I have some racing memorabilia, too, that I want to display, like signed photos, and uh, et cetera. What are good ways to paint up a garage, and what are the no-nos? I don't want that 50s diner look. I want something 70s like my car or classic like your martini theme. What are your thoughts? Love the show. Come see us in Australia, Ace Man. you got to turn some laps of Bathurst. Regards, John. Yeah, they love the racing over there. There was yeah. some crazy V8 racing over there, especially in the 70s and 80s. And your buddy Eric Bana. Yeah, my buddy Eric Bana. Um, we a, have a, a sort of guy. GT40 sort of golf theme o- over here, not a martini yeah. theme, although we enjoy martinis. Um, <laughs> our uh, friend uh, John Campion has all the martini stuff. Yeah. You might want to look up his stuff on the internet. Really cool stuff. A lot of rally stuff and race stuff and launchia and stuff like that. Um, I agree. There's nothing hokier, whether it's a diner or a garage, than bad plastic 50s. Especially, look, if you want to get a real jukebox from that yeah, era. Or a real neon sign. God bless you. But the plastic neon sign and the fake jukebox, which is really just an MP3 chip that gets pushed in there and plays you the Happy Days theme over and over again. That stuff is so weird and corny and like stupid pictures of like Elvis and Mel- Marilyn Monroe. So my my theory is is the guys that own the garage don't buy that stuff. They get it as gifts and right. they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> it's like, oh, it looks like Harley Davidson motorcycle, but it's really a, a really a speaker with a Bluetooth <laughs> yeah, in it. And it's a like, phone. And with like, a- oh, I guess I got to put this up. You got to put it up somewhere. Yeah. Um, I got a shelf. That I looks would, like the front of a Mustang. <laughs> there's a lot of great. There's a lot of great '70s beer signs and stuff. Just guys with the mustaches and the long hair, like the Camel Man, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah. there's there's some funky ass '70s stuff. I've used to have a few of these, like beer signs that moved. You know, yeah, like yeah. went down the stream, like hams and it, really cool stuff for like the seventies. Like I had one in my apartment once where it's like, it, you look like you could see like you were looking down a stream. It was like, it was moving. So I would embrace the funky seventies vibe. And, Authentic. And, and anything, it's funny cause we're seeing more and more of that stuff actually show up at auctions. Right. Oh, that memorabilia is going up. Anything smoking. It's good. Like anything where everyone is sitting around smoking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just love yeah. it. Like when that hot young couple's just on the beach and they're having a good time and they're both smoking. <laughs> Kids playing around. Smoking. And, yeah. yeah. When he's putting his garage together, the first question is going to be lighting. And lighting kind of determines how bright you want to do your floor. Because if you make your floor bright, it'll reflect some of the lighting you have and make the whole place a little bit brighter. So even a white floor, a light gray floor, a light blue floor is good. And uh, uh, But, you know, if you have some cool cars and stuff in there, just try to keep it kind of neutral, I think, with, with some of those colors. I, uh, I agree. And I, I feel like, yeah, embrace that 70s car. Mad Max, he would engage that blower, man. Oh, yeah. Kick that blower on. <laughs> Hit that button. Kick that blower. Because, you know, you got the blower clutch. Well, yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> be weird. That You're asking a lot of a clutch. I think that blower, what was it, on the stick shift console? Where I forgot where the button the blower was. In? Yeah, that's a good question. I forgot where the blower was. and The way it spins up and it, like, when they... 
and it, you hear it and it's like kicking in and it seems very taxing on, yeah, I, on all the parts, all the yeah. parts moving around at a belt. Chuck <laughs> Norris had a super truck in like Lone Wolf McQuaid or something where he was literally like buried alive in his truck and he like hit the blower button and the thing just like launched. Well, I mean, that's a true story. That is a true story. It's Chuck Norris. If you want to. Oh, yeah. So here, he's got he's got that shifter and he's got like a whole nother like button attached to it. It's a pretty... Yeah, they call it two-speed axle switch. Does that mean, does that mean anything? Yeah. It kind of looks kind of like an off-road deal. And that's what he's using to trigger the blower in Mad Max? I have to go back and watch that movie. Was that factually correct? I, I can't imagine. I've never seen a blower with a clutch it. on it, have you? No. And then just there's also like the argument of like the whole blower where it sits under the hood is like kind of too far back and it wouldn't actually – be on the motor if it's that uh-huh. far back. Like there were some weird placements mm-hmm. up. But oh, speaking of movie cars, mm. uh, at Barrett Jackson is one of the Gone in sixty seconds Eleanor cars, but not a, a reproduction. It is one of the actual movie cars. There's like the one hero car which sold for like a million bucks at Meekum, mm-hmm. and this car sold at auction. I want to say twenty twelve for like two hundred and fifteen thousand. Mm-hmm. Maybe two seventeen, mm. uh, and now it's coming back. Do you think it gets more or less than it got in two thousand twelve? <laughs> I those cars. I mean, there's the, like there's like nine or something movie cars. The Eleanor cars, the Shelby's, the Shelby Rent a Racer, the Hertz cars. A lot of those cars, Woody wagons and stuff. They've really just frozen out over the last few years. My favorite part of. Um, Gone in sixty seconds is when <laughs> is when um, Cage is making out with Sway or whatever yeah. her name was, um, and they're like they're getting getting all sexy in the car when they're on surve- they're on surveillance, and they're like rubbing each other and they're like triple side draft synchro mesh synchro mesh McCoony. I don't think he said that one but he, 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 I swear to god if you watch that scene he says triple side draft webbers wow. I, I think at some point then she's like lifting duration on a crane cam yeah. hookman headers oh. like cuz you know they're in the cars yeah Matt's the same way with his lady and so am I yeah, constantly talking about lift and duration and cam and lash caps and uh, journals and slave cylinders and throw out bearings. Ah. That's that's how I sexting. Sexting is that a thing? Sexting. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I send those via se- text. All right, you try to find that. I'll tell you about psycho. It's a, it's a, obviously written by someone who knows nothing no. about cars. It's like I bet two people are really into cars. I bet this I is bet how this is how they this is how it works. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you could be in a fantasy football. Could be worse. Yeah, Zycote, many engines like my BRE Datsun 2000. Mm-hmm. Man, I have a lot of hot components out of there. Manifold exhaust, close uh, to air intakes. Oh boy, you telling me, man? Put the intake right over the top of the exhaust header. Those Datsuns. <laughs> One of the things I don't like about them: uh, plug wires, carburetors, uh, brake power, steering lines, heat. Is the enemy of speed, people, before 
your uh, only options were to wrap stuff and put tapes or ceramics. Now there's Zybar, the DIY high temp coating that reduces radiant heat by 90%. Resin based polymer formula withstands temperatures in excess of uh, the engine environment and uh, can uh, cost one third of the ceramic coatings. Yeah, that stuff is n- that stuff is not cheap. Single application of Zybar to your manifold exhaust system or headers controls heat, results in higher horsepower and torque. Yeah, this stuff's really amazing. It's good stuff. I saw their display at SEMA and I got to see all the coating done, you know, applied, and it's gorgeous. CarCast listeners receive 15% off. They get a 15% discount plus free shipping for all your online orders. Just enter promo code CarCast when you purchase Zycoat, Z-Y. Coat.com. Yeah, really cool stuff. Okay, here's them. I swear to oh, God, yeah. there's some triple side draft Webbers in there. All right, if I get excited in the scene. There is a but synchro mesh, too. Question. Well, you see, the problem is, how do you get over the shifter? Oh, oh right, because the... Because uh, it gets in the way. Because you you wouldn't want to disrupt the uh, synchro mm-hmm. mesh, right? Well, uh, throttle linkage. Throttle linkage. Body structures? Sure. Yeah. Important part of a car. Did you see the smile on Kalen's face during that scene? Damn. <laughs> Kalen was into it. Triple Weber. <laughs> Triple Weber. I didn't say side draft, but we know he meant side draft. <laughs> so he's a Triple Weber man. I mean, I'd like to think he's a Z guy, yeah. but it could have been on a Jag from the 60s. Telling you, I don't know who wrote that scene, but nailed it. <laughs> I'm turned on. <laughs> it's got hot in here. <laughs> All right. I'm going to be at the uh, Irvine Improv on the 24th doing basic cable commentary with David Zucker from Airplane and Police Squad and all that. We're going to get into the making of Airplane. Oh, nice. Foxwoods on the 8th in Connecticut and then Boston Wilbur Theater on the 9th um, doing stand-up. Road Hard, you can stream it free on TubiTV.com. That's T-U-B-I.com. So like free. the exhaust. Oh, yeah. Like Tubi exhaust, right? Italian, right? Yeah. Check that out. Check out Shift and Steer. You can listen on Podcast One. Support the show. Go to CarCastShow.com and send us your Facebook tweets and yeah. we'll answer those. Uh, lots of good stuff going on on Chassis. Two S's and a Y. Lots of good offerings and movies there. What do you got? Me? Yeah, yeah. Just give me a follow-up on all social media at, at Motorator, and uh, we'll get a bunch of pictures from the auctions coming up and all kinds of good stuff. So, until next time, this is... Uh, oh, wait. My name's Adam Crowley. You're Matt the Motorator. Yeah. Dan, you're yeah. saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.